What's up, y'all? Welcome back into the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Tanner Demling here with y'all. As always, coming to y'all from Louisville, Kentucky. Before we get going, remember, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Helps us grow the channel, helps us grow the podcast. If you're listening on the audio format, you can leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget, subscribe on whichever podcast platform you're listening to. You can find the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and numerous others. Let's get into tonight's show. And, and we don't have a lot of you know relevant you know, today news to talk about here on November uh, 1st. First and foremost, hope everyone had a happy Halloween. Uh, podcast getting pushed back a day uh, because of that. was not able to record on Monday night, so recording here on Tuesday. Uh, Thursday's show will come out on uh, Friday as we will be recording on uh, Thursday night uh, with this podcast coming out on Wednesday, recording here on Tuesday night. Um, on today's show, we will get into fall snapshot previews of Penn State and of Harvard. Uh, the Harvard fall snapshot uh, will be out by the time this podcast is posted. Uh, the Penn State fall snapshot came, came out uh, last week, last uh, Thursday, Friday, I believe. It was when I put that one out. Uh, coming up this week, so we've already released Stony Brook and NJIT on Halloween, and then to, uh, today uh, released NJIT, uh, Harvard coming out on November 2nd, the same day as this podcast, uh, Notre Dame, Jacksonville also coming up this week as well, uh, Michigan, uh, one of the uh, big teams we're hitting next week in the Fall Snapshot series. As this thing continues and as it begins to wind down, I've been doing these previews uh, since August 8th. Uh, when we looked back the other day, did Air Force uh, first team there on August 8th. It's November 1st. Um, we're still chugging through them. Uh, just got, I think, uh, 10 or 12 more teams to do. So just um, maybe even less than that now um, with, with the ones I've, I've already written. Um, but uh, just about a week, uh, two weeks left. Of this, and uh, you know, obviously we're here in November. Uh, schedules, uh, you know, we have uh, four schedules out right now: VMI, Jacksonville, uh, Drexel, and Hofstra, all out at the moment right now. So uh, we are, uh, you know, pushing ahead, and uh, looks like uh, you know, as we head closer to Thanksgiving, we will get more uh, schedules coming out here. Uh, for Division One men's lacrosse teams. The 2023 season is upon us. Fall ball is winding down for most teams in uh, the land. Moving on here to our, you know, what we're going to discuss today, looking at, as I said, Penn State and Harvard on today's show. Uh, Penn State, uh, starting with them, this is a a Penn State program that, as you know, uh, was in championship weekend in 2019. They had a solid 2020 season before uh, things were 
shut down. Um, since then, have not done a lot, really. Uh, they had a losing season in 2021. Uh, th- that year with the Big Ten going Big Ten only. Uh, th- th- they had a really bad year that season. A lot of injuries uh, impacted their play there. And then you had another bad season this year in 2022. Go 3-11. Uh, your one uh, conference win came over Michigan. Uh, probably the best game that Penn State played all year, uh, especially against uh, Big Ten competition. Uh, however, I, sh- I should mention they did lose by one to Villanova, Cornell, Penn, and to um, what was the other team? Rutgers as well. So, uh, and that was the final game of the regular season uh, to Rutgers. Uh, and, and this is a, a team that also beat Yale. Uh, they, they beat Yale in that game. Elliot Fayok, 21 saves, uh, performance in that game to help Penn State, uh, get over the hump there and beat Yale, a team that ends up making the NCAA quarterfinals. So, uh, and also, as I mentioned, Cornell played them tight. Rutgers played them tight. Those are two, uh, you know, final four teams, right? Uh, you play Penn tight as well. That's a quarterfinals team. So, um, it was kind of, a iffy season for, 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 for this program because, again, there were so many injuries, and, and due to that, there was a ton of freshmen that got playing. Uh, Will Peden, Kyle Aldridge, all these guys, especially offensively, got playing time uh, that maybe wouldn't have if this was a uh, fully healthy veteran team, but certainly a lot of those freshmen um, that were impact players last year, uh, you would expect to uh, continue to make an impact next season. Uh, Will Peden, especially, and we'll talk about this attack lineup here in just a second. Uh, but uh, a year overall, uh, the Penn State uh, really uh, would like to forget. And uh, it's the second year, second year in a row with a losing season. I, you know, doing some research on that, I, I found it kind of crazy. Penn State has not had back to back losing seasons since the 1980s. Um, it's the first time it's happened under Tambroni. So, uh, you know, things have not been happy there in Happy Valley. And uh, here in 2023, Penn State will be looking to uh, push forward to put those uh, past two seasons behind them and uh, really, uh, you know, take that step they need to take uh, in terms of getting back to uh, being a competitive team in the Big Ten being a competitive team on a consistent basis in, uh, you know, nationally. And, look, we, we mentioned some of those those uh, close losses last year. Uh, you know, maybe if they don't have those injuries uh, that they had a lot last year, uh, Jack Trainer, you know, w- one of those uh, veteran players on on attack that uh, was, was missing a lot last year. And, you know, he's a guy, he's back. We'll talk about him uh, here in a minute, but uh, when you look at the amount of injuries that they had and the amount of like veteran guys, leaders that were out uh, for a good chunk of, of time last season, you, know, you have to ask yourself, uh, this Penn State team, if they had those guys back uh, fully healthy throughout the season, what would, what would last year look like for Penn State? Would it be a 3-11 year? Would it would it still be a losing season, but would it be, you know, maybe a five-win season uh, or a six-win season? You know, 
you can suddenly ask yourself that, and I think it's suddenly notable to ask that when you look at the close losses. They had Bucknell also uh, a one goal loss there, I believe, uh, against the uh, for the Nittany Lions. And we mentioned Cornell, Penn, Rutgers, all fantastic teams last year, all uh, NCAA tournament teams. They beat Yale, the best game of the season uh, there, and, and beat Michigan, the best Big Ten game of the season. Um, what, you know, one of the major factors that has really plugged Penn State. Um, I, I would say since 2018, um, and, and that's the you, you had Chris Sabia there um, in uh, uh, as your top defenseman. You had Colby Kinnis in cage, uh, and that defense was really good. They were top 20, uh, top 25 defense that season. They've not been that since. They have not been that since. They've been uh, bottom half, middle of the road defense in college across, and last season uh, was no different. Uh, they, they have a new defensive coordinator this season, Angio Bucci, uh, who comes over from UMBC. And look, we all know, you know the Killabees defense with Jamison Kosno did there to build that unit. And that's continued. Uh, continued under Bucci. And then obviously Craig Chick taking over uh, full control of that defense uh, this season there uh, in Catonsville. Uh, but, but this Penn State defense is uh, going to have a, a different voice on the sideline there uh, n- next season. And, you know, they averaged, uh, allowed 14.6 goals uh, against Penn, against Big Ten teams last season. 13.64 goals uh, overall last season. Uh, Mike Murphy being the defensive coordinator. Very, very high-profile coach. Great coach who's had a lot of success. And PLL was the head coach at Col- Colgate. For whatever reason, just did not work out there at Penn State in one year. And he is now elsewhere. Braden Peck, Brian Townsend are gone from that defense. Uh, Kevin Parnum, who started all 14 games as a freshman. Put Buno, who was also a freshman last season, two of the top returners there for this Penn State defense. Um, but the, the, the biggest question on the back end here for Penn State, yes, it is, can they get better? Yes, it is, can they improve? They need to improve. If they don't, they're not going to be able to get back to that top-end level play that we saw them at. 2018, really from 2017 through uh, 2020, um, and even they had defensive struggles there. Uh, but the one thing they did have each of those years was a comparable goalie. And while he was left on an island multiple times, uh, one Colby Kinnis, uh it, it was a situation where you still had some quality poles that uh, were able to step up at times. It might have not been a good defense holistically, but you had some solid pieces there. Right now, you know, Penn State mentioned the youth last season. I think that was a big part of it. We'll see how they how they take that step forward. But uh, the biggest question on defense is in cage. And this is going to be a goalie battle here between Alirik Fayok and Jack Francone. Uh, Francone, a highly rated freshman coming in last season. I believe he was an underwater All-American. Uh, really, really high-profile recruit coming out of high school. He started the final two games of the season. Uh, which included the uh, four, uh, 14 to 15 loss against Rutgers, and then uh, they lost pretty bad to Johns Hopkins that next week in the Big Ten quarterfinals. And look, he made 14 saves against Rutgers, 17 saves against Hopkins in those two games that he started. He also played uh, the second half of a couple games there last season. I believe he played the second half. Uh, was it against Bucknell or Maryland? A couple of those teams, 
a couple of those games. I believe it was three games he played the second half or the majority of the second half, then started those two games. So Jack Francone, uh, overall 64 saves with a 53% uh, percent save percentage last season uh, in you know seven games of action, two games as a starter, Rutgers, Hopkins uh, being those two games, and had double-digit saves in both of those contests. Uh, Larry Fryock started every game up until that Rutgers game, the final game of the regular season. He had that impressive 21-save performance there against Yale. He looked pretty solid in cage, had a 50% save percentage, 139 saves on the year. Larry Fryock, not a bad goalie at all. He returns for the fifth season here in Happy Valley. It looks like it's going to be a battle between those two. Between those two, uh, both have shown a lot of promise. Both have shown a lot in uh, you know the action they've seen, and certainly Fiok being a fifth-year senior has a lot more experience under his belt. Uh, but Francone has a, a bright future ahead of him. What uh, looks to be there in Happy Valley, and uh, would not be surprised if he's the starter there for Penn State in 2023. But um, you know, also Fiok. Could be a starter as well. I think both those guys uh, would be a, a good option there uh, for Penn State. But that goalie battle is going to be something to follow here uh, throughout the fall. And then as you head into uh, the season uh, there uh, for Penn State. And that really is the biggest biggest aspect uh, when you look at this defense coming back in the 2023. Now, moving to another specialist position. Uh, Penn State, we, we have talked about multiple times. We'll talk about another transfer here in a minute. But Penn State uh, was very active in the transfer portal. I thought they had a good haul there. Um, and really the highlight of that transfer class was Chase Mullins, the faceoff man out of North Carolina. Uh, was at UNC last year, left the team midway through the season. Um, number one faceoff recruit in the country coming into 20, uh, you know, coming in as a freshman last season in Chapel Hill. Uh, he is now in Happy Valley with Penn State. And uh, you've got Chase Mullins there, who has a ton of potential, a ton of hype. And then you've also got Hudson Bond, who in his own right hasn't been too bad um, there for Penn State. Wasn't 50% last year, uh, but was able to fight, was able to scrap, um, and had some impressive outings. So uh, that's another battle there to watch there for Penn State at the faceoff dot. Uh, Chase Mullins, Hudson Bond. I think we could see a lot of both of those guys here in 2023, especially early on, as it uh, looks like they're still trying to figure out uh, from what I've heard in some reports uh, that looks like they're still working both those guys in there. We'll see uh, who eventually gets that you know, starting nod um, or, or takes the primary uh, spot there at the dot. Uh, but uh, two solid options there in Chase Mullins and Hudson. Born there at the faceoff dot, Richie Hugson, another uh, faceoff transfer coming in from Providence. He was a freshman last year, the backup there at Providence uh, in 2022. He's also uh, in that faceoff room as well. I think Penn State's got some solid faceoff options, and and this is a team that that frankly you know needs to improve. There, uh, I think as a team, they they were under 50 percent last season. Uh, they were kind of middle of the road from what I, from what I remember looking at statistically. Uh, but very much a place of improvement there. And having a guy Chase Mullins coming in uh, to impact that uh, should, uh, you know, should increase the play at the position. 
last, the last little piece to talk about here with Penn State is the attack line. Kevin Winkoff coming in from Binghamton. Chris Jordan coming in from St. Lawrence Division Three transfer. Will Peden is back there at attack after a solid freshman season where he was the ex-attackman there for Penn State as a freshman. Played a ton of minutes, right? And then you look at Jack Francone also coming back. This is an attack unit that I'm very excited about. I know Penn State didn't have the best success last season, and we saw some flubs from this attack unit last year. We saw some miscues there with a number of young players getting action, including Will Peden there. Um, but Will Peden was the leading scorer for this Penn State team last season. And uh, look, this this is a, a, a freshman who I think you could maybe see him not start, but maybe move to a different role um, here in 2023, depending on, uh, you know, where they put Frank Cohn and, you know, what we see out of Winkoff and Jordan. If that stays consistent throughout the season, we'll have to see. Uh, but this is an attack unit that I like. I think they've got four solid options there uh, at the attack spot. Kevin Winkoff, a player I've been a big fan of uh, from his time at Binghamton. Chris Jordan, uh, an incredibly, incredibly impactful player there at St. Lawrence in the Division Two game. Um, and, and then when you look at some of the younger guys, they will Peden. I mentioned 11 goals. 22 assists, uh, the ex-attackman for them last season, uh, led the way for this offense. Matt Costin, um, uh, another kind of more veteran guy now there uh, at Penn State, 20 goals, four assists, was their top goal scorer uh, at the position, or one of their top goal scorers at the position last season. And then I mentioned Jack Trainer uh, there as well. Uh, this is going to be a pretty solid attack line there for Penn State, and uh, we'll see if Penn State can put all of this together and put together a, a solid season because after two losing seasons, I mentioned it earlier, things are not happy in Happy Valley, and uh, they're looking to push forward. They're looking to put those past two seasons behind them. I think they've got a solid foundation to build off of. You've got a lot of young talent. You've got some solid transfers in Winkoff and Jordan and Mullins coming in. You've got two solid options at, at, at the goalie position that can anchor a defense that you expect to take a step forward there with as many young players as they played last season. They also get some veterans back who were injured on that end as well. Joe Bucci's done a fantastic job at UMBC. will be interesting to see if he can continue that success here as the defensive coordinator at Penn State. Uh, but but overall, the gist of this is Penn State has got to get better. Penn State has got to win more games, and they've got to get back on track. Um, or, or things could get uh, you know doesn't seem like things could get any uglier there at Penn State. But um, you know it it's not been a good past two seasons. If they can stay healthy, I really do think this is a team that can take a big step forward from where they've been here. And that's especially true when you look at what they've done uh, in some of those close games last season uh, that I mentioned earlier, Cornell, Penn, and others, they, they, they beat Yale. Uh, so a Penn State team that a lot of question marks, but a lot, kind of a lot to like, but a lot to, you know, question upon and a lot to improve upon for sure in 2023. Moving 
towards the Harvard Clemson. This is a team that um, doesn't really have many questions. Uh, this is a team that the first full season under Jerry Byrne went to the NCAAs. They lost to Rutgers in that first round game. And look, I, I said when Jerry Byrne got hired, this was a program. Harvard has been kind of the kind of outlier when you look at the Ivy League. Brown has had a run. Yale has had a run, right? Uh, Cornell has had their many chances. Penn has had a run or, or two now there uh, to the quarterfinals, both the their last two full seasons. Uh, Princeton seems like they're getting back on track. Made championship weekend last year. Harvard's been the one team, um, and certainly Princeton had their 90s, but Harvard's been the one team that hasn't really had a successful streak. They, they've had, they had some good seasons in the 90s, but outside of that, the past 10, 15, 20 years for Harvard just has not been uh, as successful as some of those other Ivy League programs. Um, and they've recruited very, very well. Uh, we've talked about that multiple times on this podcast. They've continued to recruit well under Jerry Bowen. I think he's even taken it up a notch with his 24 class especially. Um, and we saw the impact that a lot of those freshmen, those first years, some of which were from the 2020 class that uh, you know sat out that year and came in as freshmen last year, but plenty of young talent uh, that you know graced that Harvard roster last season. Sam King, the uh, ex-attackman, included in that as well. And this is a Harvard team that I think is going to continue to get better. This is a Harvard team that I'm a big fan of here in 2023. was a big fan of them in 22. Um, you saw against some of the better teams, uh, though, that they, they were young. They, they were young. They had that experience. I think getting another, having that year under these guys' belt is going to benefit this team. This is a Harvard team. I mentioned Sam King uh, back there, a, a, a solid uh, player as a young guy last year. Tommy Martinson, Colin Bergstrom, two other guys there as well that are back on defense. You've got Owen Gaffney back. You've got Hayden Cheek back, Miles Butkus, uh, and Chase Yeager, who I'm a huge fan of at the defensive midfield spot. Um, and we'll talk about many of those guys and more here in a second. Uh, but this is a Harvard team. That's what I say off the bat. Like I, you know, I'm. I got a lot of high. I got a lot of high expectations for this team here in 2023, especially after what they did in 2022. First full season for Jerry Bone. A ton of young guys, and to put out the season that they did, eight and five, three and three in the Ivy League. You make the NCAA's. Um, that's an impressive. Uh, first year, first full season, I should say, for Jerry Bone. Remember, he's been on the job since 2019, but has only been there for one full season because they canceled that 2021 year the Ivy League did. Um, and things uh, haven't slowed down in, in, in Cambridge since he got there and uh, looks to continue that here in his second full season there at Harvard. And I mentioned this is a team that doesn't have many questions. But they do have three, really three questions that I would say for this team that I really have. Number one, first and foremost, you lose Kyle Bowen. Kyle Bowen, a fantastic goalie there for Harvard, a three-year starter. Um, you know, went, started in 2019, started in 2020, started in 2022. Um, 153 saves last year, 50% save percentage, 
you lose him. And look, you've got really, from what we've seen here, three guys uh, that I think are vying for that spot. And Christian Barnard, who has started in both their fall scrimmages, uh, and, and then uh, George Alvarez, the sophomore, uh, who uh, played a little bit last season, and then freshman Adam Blank. Um, I would say right now, based on what we've seen in the fall, I think Christian Barnard looks to be the guy that they're going to go with just by the fact that he started the most and he has the most experience here. Um, Jack Schoendorf, another guy, a senior, who's also been in the rotation there as well. I believe he played the majority of the second half in both of those scrimmages uh, with Barnard uh, starting there. It looks like those two guys, probably the top two in the lead there, blend a highly ranked freshman out of Culver, uh, who I was a big fan of in high school, uh, was a former Notre Dame commit uh, that heading to Harvard now. So um, I, I think this is a uh, goalie room that is pretty strong there. Is pretty strong. Excuse me, Blend was not the Notre Dame commit. I'm thinking of someone else. But um, Blend out, out of Colbert heading to Harvard uh, nonetheless. And uh, look, this is a uh, Logan Ip, the midfielder who we'll talk about here in a second, the former Notre Dame commit who I was referring to there. Um, but um, in terms of flipping to Harvard. But uh, back to the goalie position here. This is a, a, a goalie room that I think is from what we've seen this fall, from everything I've heard, uh, from what all the reports have shown, has been pretty strong, been pretty consistent, and it is the biggest question there, especially on defense, and this is a defense that started a lot of young guys last season. We could see possibly a freshman start there again this year. I know we've seen Charlie Mueller uh, get a lot of play in those scrimmages with, I believe it's Tommy Martinson who's been out uh, with the injury for a little bit this fall, and everyone's banged up in the fall, it seems like, but uh, a a defense, and we know Jerry Byrne, a defensive coach, I'm not worried about this defense, what this defense is going to look like. Um, I I mentioned Jaeger, Bergstrom, Martinson, plenty of other guys that uh, expect to step up there as well, Uh, but really, who is in cage? Who replaces Kyle Mullen is the thing to watch with this Harvard defense. Now, the next uh, biggest area where you really want to watch this team is at the faceoff guy. This is a team that was bad last season, to put it lightly, um, at the faceoff guy. And, you know, seeing some quotes and, and some interviews with, with Byrne uh, last season, he, you know, addressed that openly. He was like, yeah, we're not good. Um, and they did a good job, I think, uh, a lot of times trying to create those 50-50 chances. They knew we're not going to win the clamp. Let's get those 50-50 chances and get our wings involved, get those wing guys in there to help us get those extra possessions. Um, Harvard's looking to you know, solidify and improve that face-off situation uh, this season. They've only got one guy coming back there. So Steven Cucciarillo was the starter. He's gone. Uh, Kyle Massimilian was the backup. He's gone. Both guys were seniors. They have one player returning, one player who took any face-offs last season. That's Andrew DiGennaro. Uh, he went 32.4%, only took 37 draws. He's been the guy that's been taking 
uh, you know, been trotting out there to again the games here in the fall. Uh, you also have got freshman Matthew Baracco, who by all accounts has been phenomenal this spring. And I know the one scrimmage I was able to watch them, he was phenomenal there. Both guys were um, in that scrimmage there uh, a few weeks back. Um, this is a face-off dot. I expect it to be improved. And frankly, if Harvard's going to have the kind of season they want to have, like this is the one spot that they have to improve upon the most from last year. And if they regress this spot, I can see them having a similar year to last season. And with the ACC looking like it's going to be a lot better, maybe they don't get that uh, get that NCAA bid, even if they do make the Ivy tournament. Uh, but if they really want to, you know, take a step forward and build upon last season, get back the NCAAs, they're going to have to have this face-off dot tuned in and going 50% at least, maybe a little under 40%. We've seen Maryland do it, obviously, in 2021. Uh, and when you have a strong defense, you can afford to have some of those mis mishaps, not have the perfect face-off dot situation. Uh, but Harvard has got to improve at this spot. As I said, it's the number one spot where they have to improve upon here in 2023. The third question for this team is that third attack spot. So uh, Sam King returns as the ex-attackman for this unit. He had 30 goals and 14, uh, excuse me, he had 25 goals, 21 assists last season. Hayden Cheek had 20 goals, 5 assists last season. He is back as well um, as a junior. Austin Madronic is uh, gone now after his senior season. 30 goals, 14 assists there. Hayden Cheek, a senior this year, by the way. Uh, Sam King, a sophomore. Uh, so those two guys are back to lead the way for this attack unit. Who's going to replace Austin Madronic and be that third attackman is going to be a very interesting question uh, that we're going to get answered here uh, as Harvard begins the uh, season in February. We've seen this fall. Uh, what they have done is King still running that X spot, Cheek still being that off-ball guy that he was for much of last season. Teddy Malone, a freshman, and sophomore Joey Graham, who didn't see a lot of time at all last season as a freshman, getting that start alongside of those two guys. Joe Dowling, Lucas Hilson left, who has been dealing with an injury this fall, and Graham Blake all return as well. Those guys were uh, backups at the attack spot last season. Um, I really like what this attack unit has as a foundation in terms of Sam King being a phenomenal, phenomenal ex-attackman out of Gilman School there in Maryland. He was a phenomenal high school player. Saw him play multiple times. And then when you look at what Hayden Sheik brings as an off-ball guy, that, that, is, uh, that is as good as a, of a duo as you can get. And they are uber-talented. That's an uber-talented group overall. You look at some of those uh, reserve guys coming back, Hills and Rath, especially a guy that I know has a plenty, plenty of upside here at Harvard. It's going to be interesting to see who they put there as that third attackman. Is it Hills and Rath? Is it Malone? Is it Graham or someone else? We'll, we'll see here um, in February when Harvard takes the field. 
And uh, th- that is going to be one of the most interesting areas among the offense to watch this season. Uh, but whoever it is, I'm pretty confident this is going to be a strong attack unit again in 23. Now, uh, one unit I'm very, very excited about here with Harvard, and so the last thing we'll talk about here today, is the Harvard midfield. The Harvard midfield. This is a group that returns Miles Butkus there, uh, Owen Gaffney as well, as Andrew O'Berry, who's a guy that kind of ran both ways last year. They also get in Logan Ip. Logan Ip has impressed a ton by all the ports and, and from what I've seen this fall. This is a highly, highly rated uh, freshman, one of, you know, Under Armour All-American, and he has really turned heads this fall from everything I've heard and from what I saw of that one scrimmage with Harvard. This is a midfield unit that when you look at some of these freshmen like it, who could start, could get a lot of time, this is a Harvard midfield that's going to be deep this season. This is going to be a deep and talented midfield. And look, I was just kind of looking over at some of my notes about Harvard today. And, you know, I, I, I've mentioned a lot this offseason, and we've talked about Princeton, about their midfield depth. I'm, I'm not so sure that Harvard can't challenge them for that this year in terms of being the deepest midfield group in the Ivy. Uh, and maybe even in the country. I mean, when you look at how many guys that Harvard's going to have that they can run out there at the midfield, um, and not only just like Owen Gaffney and these guys they returned from last season, but you look at an Andrew O'Berry, who's a guy that you know you expect to take a big step forward, and I have him pegged as my potential breakout player for this Hollywood team. And then you look at guys like Logan Nip and some other freshmen that could get him a lot of playing time. And look, I would not be surprised if Logan Ip uh, is starting their uh, game one for Hollywood this season based on what he did in high school, based on what I've heard of him this fall, what I've seen of him this fall. A huge Dodger uh, who can really get physical and, and we've seen thus fall in the fall is not afraid and translates very well uh, to the college game. Uh, we'll see in live action how he does there in the spring. But, uh, this is a midfield group that I'm very, very excited for this season in 2023. And like I said, you know, Princeton, I've given a lot of love, given a lot of praise to that midfield group uh, last season and, and, and this off season. But I would not be surprised at all if, from what I've seen, from what I've heard, if this Hollywood midfield group can challenge them as the deepest midfield group in the Ivy League, and look, we know if you want to win a national championship, if you want to go to the Final Four, go to championship weekend, you've got to have five, six, seven midfielders that you can run constantly. Harvard looks like they could potentially have that. That's that's one of the biggest takeaways that I've had from the spring is just how deep this Harvard midfield is. You knew they were going to have a lot of talent back at the position. You knew some of these freshmen brought in, but it's even better than than, than I expected it to be. And uh, this Harvard team overall is one that I expect to be uh, pretty good once again here in 2023. You know, I'm not picking them to win the Ivy, uh, you know, at this point or anything like that. But uh, very, very excited about Jerry Bowen and Harvard and what they bring here uh, this coming spring. Expecting another big year there in Cambridge. And uh, we'll see if they can uh, build on last season 
make the Ivy League tournament and, and get back to the NCAAs, which is uh, what what they want to be doing here in uh, May of 2023. All right, folks, that wraps it up for tonight's show. As always, you can listen to the Lacrosse Bucket podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and multiple other podcast platforms. You can also get the show now on YouTube. Go to youtube.com, type in Lacrosse Bucket, and you will find it right there. Hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, subscribe via the podcast feeds as well. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcast, lacrossebucket.com, where it's always lacrosse season. You can connect with us on social media, at lacrossebucket, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Hi, folks. Again, hope you all had a happy Halloween, a happy November. We are getting closer to uh, the bulk of schedules being released here over the next few months. and. With that, closer to the 2023 college lacrosse season. Enjoy the rest of your week. We'll see you on Friday.